Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Bibles, go ahead and turn with me this morning to Joshua chapter 6, and we're going to pick up our story from last week. We're continuing our series called Do It Again, and this is a year that we are asking God to do some things for us again, to do some miracles for us again, to do the miraculous on our behalf again, to bring deliverance again, to bring resources again, to bring salvation again, restoration again, whatever it is that we need God to do for us again, this is our focus this year and we're believing that God that did it before is a God that can do it again. Our series text is found in 2 Corinthians 1.10 and it says this, it's from the Message Bible, it says, and He did it, rescued us from certain doom and He'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. What do you need God to do for you again? What in what area of your life do you need God to show up and do something big for you? Father, we thank you for your anointing in this house today. We thank you for ready hearts and ready minds. We thank you, Lord, for the next few minutes as we engage your word that, Father, we are going to be engaged by your spirit and we in turn are going to engage your spirit back. We're going to hear what you have to say, God, and we're going to apply it to our lives so that it brings forth fruit and helps us to live out your word in our daily walk with you. We thank you for your anointing in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, as we began looking at the different miracles, and we're going to do this series uh, uh, talking about the different miracles that God has performed. And we were looking at the miracle that God performed at Jericho last week. And I talked to you about a couple of things to, to launch us out. And that was, first of all, that we have to identify the problem that we want God to fix. Whatever problem we have in our lives, we got to figure out what problem that is, get down to the root of that problem, and then once we identify that, then God can begin to work in that area. Too many times, people in our society are upset, mad, angry, frustrated, and haven't really taken the time to find out why or what is driving that anger, frustration, and all of those things that we're dealing with on a regular basis. You can't fix the problem unless you identify the problem you want fixed. Somebody say amen to that. April tweeted last week, it was so so good, it went right along with my message. And she tweeted this out, she said, every miracle begins as a problem. Isn't that true? You know, we, we, we think, we look at a problem and we look at it and we think, man, I got, I got a problem. And that's as far as we ever think about the situation. But if we'll think beyond that, we can realize that every problem is the beginning of a miracle. God's got something in store beyond that moment. This is, not, this is just the beginning, but it certainly is not the ending. And God has a story still left to write for me. Every miracle begins with a problem. And so whatever problem you have today, whatever issue that you're dealing with, just know that God's got a miracle in store for that problem. God's got got a mountain that He's willing to move on your behalf to take care of that problem. The second thing that I talked about last week is that once we identify the problem, we have to get a strategy from God to fix the problem. We have to seek after Him. God has a strategy for each and every one of us. You You remember that it's not about the strategy, however. 
It's not about the method or the plan or the way that God wants you to go about fixing something. It's always about our obedience to that strategy. You know, God God can come up with a million ways to fix the problem that we have. Whatever problem I've got in my life, God's got a million ways to fix that problem. But God will give me a specific strategy. And the purpose of that specific strategy is for me to learn how to walk in obedience and to trust Him. It's during that strategy time that God is testing whether or not I'm going to trust Him and I'm going to walk with Him and I'm going to be obedient to Him. And so He gives me something specific just to see if I will be obedient to follow Him in that. So God gives us a strategy. The key to that is seeking God. I encourage you over the next, I mean always, 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 but certainly in the beginning of this year, it is so important that we start the year off by seeking after God and seeking as to what God would have for us to do in this year and where God's trying to take us for this year. And so I encourage you to seek God. And when you seek God over your issues, over your struggles, over the blessings in your life, good things, bad things, doesn't matter. When you seek God, He will always provide a strategy to deal with whatever you've got in front of you. So today I want to pick up our story in verse 6 of Joshua chapter 6. Now I came to preach this morning. And so I hope you came to listen and help me preach today. Will you do that? Verse 6 of Joshua chapter 6. This is what we know already. Jericho stands between Israel and the promised land. This is what we've read up to this point in chapter 6. The word says that it was securely shut up. That nothing was going in and nothing was coming out. The anatomy of every problem, listen to me church this morning, the anatomy of every problem that we deal with in this life is always the same. There's something that we want and there is something that is keeping us from getting it. That is, that is the issue at the, at the very uh, nuts and bolts, uh, bottom line, basics of every struggle, every problem, is that there's something that I want, but something is keeping me from getting it. And there's something standing between me and the victory that I'm seeking after. There's something we want or need, but there's a wall that is standing between us and it. Now listen, the wall is always greater than us. The wall always is. The wall is something that I can't overcome by myself. The wall is something that is bigger than me. It's greater than me. It's stronger than me. It's more powerful than me. It's it's more than me. And so if I'm going to scale the wall, if I'm going to overcome the wall, then it always takes God's intervention to defeat the walls in my life. I can't do it on my own. I got to have some help. And some of us are hitting our head against the same old wall, trying to figure out strategy after strategy, trying to figure out a way to get around this wall. I'm telling you this morning, the only way you're going to get over some walls in your life, it's going to take some outside help. You've got to have a God who has a plan and His supernatural, miraculous working power can come onto the scene of that situation and help you defeat the wall that stands between you and what you want. It's greater than you. And so we need God's help to defeat and beat that wall. Now Joshua seeks God and God says to him, this is what he tells him. He says, I want you to walk around the wall for one day, for six, one time a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're going to walk around this wall seven times. And at the end of that walk, you're going to shout and the wall's going to fall. He said, that's the strategy that I want you to do. I want to see if you're going to be obedient. So just, that's the strategy. Now we pick up our story. Verse 6. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant... And let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed 
and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. So once you are... So so listen this morning. Once you have identified the problem and you have gotten a strategy from God, now it's time to execute the plan. I've identified what I want God to do. Jericho's securely shut up. Nothing's coming in. Nothing's going out. I've sought God. Now He's giving me a strategy. Walk around it six uh, six days, one time a day. And on the seventh day, you're going to walk around it seven times. You're going to shout. The wall's going to fall. Now it's up to me to get my feet to moving. Now it's up to me to start executing the plan that God has given me. Listen, it's no good to identify a problem and get a strategy if I don't execute the plan. Well, I sought God. I spent some time analyzing my problem. But nothing's changed. Listen, there comes a point when you've got to do something about what is standing in front of you. I can know I need to lose weight. And I can have the best fitness trainer and dietitian that the world can offer. They can draw me up a plan. But if I don't execute that plan, nothing changes in my life. If I know I need to get my family centered around a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I know I have a church that can help me accomplish that very thing. But if I don't get up on Sunday mornings, if I don't get myself ready, and I don't get to church then it doesn't do me any good nothing changes in my life if I don't execute the plan does it make you nervous when I come off the stage some of you are like you got to execute the plan God's going to give you a plan I said God's going to give you a plan God's not going to leave you hanging out there. God's not going to leave you wondering what you should do. God will give you a plan. If you seek Him, I promise you He'll give you a plan. But then it becomes our part. And that is we have to execute what God has given us. Now here's what I want you to see from this point here. That there is a space of faith in the midst of the execution of the plan. So so in other words, execution doesn't change the circumstance instantly. You get that. There's a time between when I start and when it works. And so there's this space that's created. I've started, but it hasn't worked yet, and I have to keep executing the plan until it finally starts to work. But if I will be faithful in the execution, there'll come a point when what I'm executing will actually work for me, and the plan will come to pass. Execution alone doesn't change instantly. It takes time between when I start and when it actually starts to work. Think about the Israelites in our story. They have a seven-day plan. This plan is a seven-day plan. It involves no real show of military might. We're not going to be launching bombs. We're not going to be parading our tanks around the wall. We're not, going to be doing, we're not going to be doing any of that stuff. We're not going to be even chanting as we're going around, you know, cadences or any of that stuff. We're not doing anything to show military might. We're simply going to walk around this wall. That's our plan. But it's going to take seven days before the start of this plan till the end of the plan for it to come to pass. So think about them. Get, get in your mind this scene of Jericho and its huge walls and these children of Israel. And so day one's probably not too bad, right? Day one, I get up. I've got a little pep in my step. I feel invigorated. We've got a plan. 
God's about to bring us into the promised land. There's a hope of a future that's before me. And so there's enough motivation just by the fact that I'm getting to start off to this day that I could probably walk around that wall the first day and skip all the way around it and feel pretty good at the end of the day. But then day two, I'm not as quick to get up this morning. I'm a little slower than I was yesterday. Maybe just a, I'm not saying I'm not motivated, but I'm not as motivated as I was. I'm not saying I'm not inspired, but I'm not as inspired as I was yesterday. Now I'm going to do it because that's the plan. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to go and I'm going to walk around this wall today, but don't expect me to skip this, this morning. I'm just walking today. Day three. Man, I ain't having no fun now. You kidding me? We're doing this again? The same thing? Same thing as yesterday? The same pattern? The same design? The same execution? The same start? The same end? The same everything? Everything's the same. Day four, day five, day six, it starts to be torturous. I'm having to pull myself up by the bootstraps every morning. I'm having to convince myself every day that I need to get up and do this. And when day seven rolls around, I've got a million excuses as to why I should just stay in bed. Why I shouldn't even get up this morning. I'm telling you, I I twisted my ankle a little bit yesterday. I I don't feel quite as well as I should. One of those guys on the wall threw something at me and I think I've got something in my eye today. I'm not sure that I can get up this morning and walk around this wall again for the seventh day. Walking around these walls. You've got to be kidding me. Let me tell you, walking in the waiting is brutal. Walking in the waiting is tough. Let's talk about the walk in the wait here for just a minute. How, how you walk in the waiting is vitally important. I, I would say to you this morning that how you walk in the waiting is as important as the walk itself. How I position myself in my mind is as important as how I position myself in my actions. The way I think about it, the way I view it, my perspective, my approach, my attitude, my, my, my execution of it. All of that stuff is just as important as how I, the how I walk is important as if I walk. Every day, we go outside and we line up and we walk. While the while, the people of Jericho are standing on the wall, giving us weird looks, kind of like the one you gave me when I stepped off the stage a while ago. They're mocking us. They're making fun of us. They're they're looking at us like we're crazy. Not only that, but these people that I'm walking with God, they are driving me up the wall. I want to climb the wall, God, and I want to get on the wall with the people of Jericho because I am so tired of walking with these people every single day. Every day, the guy in front of me walks so slowly. He can't keep pace. The guy behind me thinks we're in some kind of a race. And every day he's stepping on my heels. And I swear if he steps on my heels one more time, not only do I have my outside enemy, I also have the people that I'm supposed to be doing life with here and they're driving me nuts. 
this wall. This walking around this wall, it's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. It feels pointless to me. It feels awkward to me. It feels discouraging to me. It's all those things this morning. Do you hear me? It's all those things. Your walk, your daily walk, your, your walk while you're waiting, it's all of those things. It feels pointless. It feels frustrating. It feels discouraging. It feels like there's no end to this. It feels like I've been doing this same thing over and over again and nothing's changing. Nothing's happening. But listen to me this morning. It is all of those things that I mentioned. But another thing that it also is, is it is required. It's required. It's required. And Jericho is not going to fall until you walk. Day one, I'm walking, nothing happens. Day two, I'm walking, nothing happens, nothing changes. Day three, I'm thinking, surely I'm going to see a crack in the wall start to form. I mean, something has got to give me a sign of hope here. Day four, I'm thinking maybe I'm going to look really close today as I'm walking around this wall. I'm looking for at least one brick to fall off the top. I'm looking for something to give me a sign that something's happening. Something's changing. Something's taking place. Something's going on. And some of you in this place, you've been walking through the same thing over and over again for a long time, waiting for God to change something. And you're looking and you're saying, there seems to be no life that anything is transpiring that nothing's changing, that nothing's happening. Listen to me this morning. Keep walking. Don't stop walking. Don't quit yet. It may not show up till the end, but when it shows up, I promise you, it will be miraculous for you. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place today. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep your head down. Keep pace with the guy in front of you. Don't break rank. Don't, don't break rank this morning. Don't, don't get out of line. Don't, 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 don't sit out on a bench along the way and say, I'll catch you guys on the, on the second time around. No, no, no. You, you stay in line. You keep one foot in front of the other one. You don't talk to anybody if that's what it ha- you have to do. You isolate yourself even in a season if you have to do that. You find somebody that will walk with you and keep you straight. You, that's great. That's a prize. You keep them. But listen, you do whatever you got to do to not break rank and to get out of line because it's the walking that's going to produce the miracle that you're seeking for because now you're executing the plan that God's given you a strategy for that now is going to defeat the problem that you have identified. Don't listen to the mocking. Don't listen to the voice in your head telling you you can't and you won't and you're not enough and this won't work and this is a mistake. Just execute the plan. God gave you a strategy. Now execute the plan. Keep walking till the wall falls. Yeah, but pastor, I did this yesterday. I know you did. Sometimes it's a long walk. You hear me? Sometimes it's a a redundant walk. Sometimes it feels like the same old mountain. It feels like the same old journey. It feels like nothing's ever going to change. But you keep walking and one day you're going to walk right into your victory. Now the next step after you identify the problem and you get a strategy from God and you execute that plan You have to guard the process. Somebody say, guard the process. Guard the process. Now Joshua, verse 10, 
had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shall shout. Guard the process. Now this is interesting to me because if you look at the Scripture and you read the story, you'll see that God did not include this as part of His strategy for Joshua. God did not tell him to do this. But Joshua included this as part of the strategy when he told it to the children of Israel. Why did he do that? Well, the answer to that question is very simple because he understood the importance of guarding the process. We're going to guard this process. We're going to make sure that that we're doing exactly what God has told us to do and we're not going to let outside forces interfere with the process. We're going to guard it. And so... Joshua, think about him. He had just spent 40 years wandering around in the wilderness with these people, with these folks. And he knew that they had a proclivity to go negative when things did not work out like he thought they should. In discouragement, in frustration, in walking out a long process, there's not a person in the world that doesn't have this incline toward negativity. We all do. And so we've got to guard that process. Joshua had spent 40 years with the folks on a what should have been a three-day journey. And he wasn't going to now take a seven-day plan and turn it into another 40-year journey. And so he said, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do exactly what God said. And by the way, we're not going to talk to one another. We're going to keep our mouths shut. There's not going to be a single word spoken. We're just going to stay focused on the task and we're going to do that. And then when I tell you it's time to shout, I'm hoping that after seven days of keeping your mouth quiet, you're going to have so much built up inside of you that when you shout, it's going to be a shout. Joshua knew he had to guard the process. He knew that if negative talk got started, that it would be impossible to stop. And the people would turn this seven-day journey into a 40-year journey. So he isn't going to let them feed off of each other's negativity. Instead, he is going to make sure everybody stays quiet. He knows we're already battling the thoughts in our head, and we certainly don't need anything else giving voice to those thoughts. Anybody ever battle anything negative in your head? Only the the real people battle negative things in your head. All of us do that. We battle these ideas and these thoughts. The last thing we need is somebody giving voice to those very thoughts that we're battling in our minds. Joshua wasn't going to let that happen. I don't need some negative person speaking to me. I don't need someone down in the dumps talking to me. I don't need some sad sack trying to talk to me about this situation when I'm trying to stay focused and overcome and just be positive about what God's trying to do. I'm guarding the process. I've got to stay focused to guard this process. Focused on God's words to me. Focused on my obedience to those words. And So I'm going to keep walking. Guarding the process is key. It's key to executing the plan. Because you can't execute the plan, finish the plan, if you don't guard the process of the plan. So I'm going to surround myself with positive things. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to be careful to what I listen to. (coughs) I'm going to watch who I'm talking to. I'm going to watch who's talking to me. 
not only who I'm talking to, but who's talking to me. I'm guarding this and I'm not going to let anything or anyone disrupt the process. So let me ask you this morning, so what and who are you listening to? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who's influencing you? And is their influence positive or is their influence negative? You know, you, don't, you almost have to be militant in guarding the process at times in your life. Because any compromise, listen, any compromise you make in the process is a compromise you may be making with your victory. In the process, there are people that you need to gravitate to and there are certainly people that you need to insulate yourself from. And we got to have the wisdom to know the difference. That guy over there, he's an encourager. and He believes in me. That's somebody I need to be hanging around with. That guy over there, he has nothing but negative things to say all the time. I'm going to watch him. One will help you get there and the other will hinder you from getting there. So guard the process. Now I want you to watch this, verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. The last step is the biggest step. I think the last step, I would go as far to say, is the most important step. Because the last step is the part we play. It's something that is often overlooked in the text and in the story. Once the problem is identified and the strategy is given, the plan is executed, the process is guarded, at some point we are going to have to step into victory. Now look at the passage again. Verse 20 says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. And at that point, we closed the Bible. We're we're over the story. It's done. It's the end of the story. It's the victory. The battle is won. Done. But that's not the end. That's not the end of the story. And so many times what we do is we end the story there and we get discouraged because we miss the key step that follows the miracle that God has done. Look at this. It says in verse 20, Then, somebody say then. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. The wall falling down is not your victory this morning. It is only the path to your victory today. It is God creating a path to victory. But if you never step over the fallen wall, victory will never be yours. Come on, somebody in the house today. I'm telling you, if you don't step over, yeah, the wall's fallen down. The biggest obstacle to what we want on the other side has been removed. But it's not yours yet until you possess it. When you grab hold of it, then it's yours. Victory wasn't won because the wall fell. Victory wasn't won because the wall fell. Victory was won because they stepped over the wall and they took the city. The wall falls. No one takes the city. In a short time, guess what happens? There's a new wall. 
And this time the wall's bigger and better than the last wall. And it's a bigger battle. And it's a harder victory to win. It's a harder battle to fight. It's it's tougher miracle to believe for. It's more than what it required previously. What I'm saying to you is the wall is not necessarily the problem. It has never been the problem. It's the obstacle. The problem is on the other side of the wall. Too many of us stand there to see our wall fall and then stop short of stepping over into victory. God will make, is making, and has made what the walls fall down for you. But unless you step over the rubble and take what's on the other side, next week you'll just be looking at a new wall and you'll be praying the same prayer over and over and over again. I don't know about you this morning, but I'd like to pray a new prayer. Me and April are the only ones that like to pray a new prayer today. I'd like to have a new need today. I'm tired of the same old need. I'm tired of the same old prayer. I'm tired of the same old ask. I'm ready for God to give me something different. I'm ready for God to do something different from time to time. I'm ready to need God to do something different from time to time. I'm tired of seeing the same old wall in the same old place. So when the wall falls, it's not over. You have to step over the rubble and into victory. God has done His part. Now it's time for me to do my part. There's nothing stopping you but a step. I I bet you if we could peel back the natural world and see in the spiritual realm that what we would see that most of us standing between us and victory is a simple step. There's not a wall there anymore because God makes those walls to fall. He's done His part. He's done His part. He has never neglected to do His part. The problem with it is that I stand there looking at rubble and refuse to step over the rubble to actually take the victory that God has already made a way for me to take. And so there's a lot of things. There's nothing that's standing between me and what God wants to do but just a step. What's the rubble, Pastor? What are you talking about? The rubble is tiredness. The rubble is frustration. The rubble is being overwhelmed. The rubble is being discouraged. The rubble is being hurt. The rubble is fear. The rubble is confusion. The rubble is those things that the enemy is using to trip me up over and over again. Those things that just kind of make me stand still and pause and, and look at God doing something and I'm looking at my victory but I won't step over it because I'm thinking, you know, this is in my way. This is something that, that hasn't been cleared out yet. Is somebody going to move these rocks? No, no, no. They're not going to be moved. you got to step over them. you got to do your part. You've got to find what's standing in your way and step over it this morning. Too many of us are being held back from our promised land by a pile of rubble. Don't trip over the rubble. Well, I, I had a good opportunity to get a new job, but I was sick that day. I was tired that day. I had a bad night before. I tried to reschedule. And consequently, they gave it to somebody else. You just tripped over your own rubble. Me and my wife were, had a great dinner planned. And we were going to go out and have a great time together. 
but she had a bad day at work and I had a bad day at work. And we came home and we couldn't get past what happened today so that we could enjoy tonight. And as a consequence of that, now we're fighting, we're mad at each other, and we have spent all night tripping over rubble that we could have just stepped over if we'd have taken a moment to step back and evaluate what's going on. Tripping over rubble. (laughs) Well, I was going to do it, but I was tired. I was supposed to go, but I was aggravated. He frustrated me. She discouraged me. They hurt me. I was afraid. I didn't know what to do. I didn't feel good. I wasn't sure what would happen. I woke up with a bad attitude. I wasn't motivated. You know what you just did? You let the rubble of a former wall keep you from victory. How many times do I hear this on a regular basis? I can't count them. Pastor, we were going to church, but we just had a rough night and we just didn't get up. And I really felt like we should be there, but we just had all this stuff going on and you're tripping over rubble. God may have met you here with the answer to what you've been praying for, but you tripped over rubble on the, in the process of getting here. Don't let that stuff trip you up. It's a simple step. Step over the wall that's already fallen and step in to victory. Somebody in this place, step over the rubble and walk into the realization of your promise. Quit making excuses for your part. God has done His part. Now let's do our part. Because you can't claim victory if you won't step over it. Amber, would you come? Worship team, come. Philippians chapter 3 verse 7 says this, But the, what things were gained to me... Listen to this scripture. But what things were gained to me... What is that? More sleep, more comfort, more enablement, more people feeling sorry for me, more of this, more of that... Paul says, these things that I did once consider as great gain, these I have counted as loss for Christ. Yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I let them go. I got past that stuff. I didn't let that stuff keep tripping me up anymore. I was tired of being afraid. I was tired of being hurt. I was tired of being discouraged. I was tired of being worried that somebody was going to let me down. I was tired of thinking about all of those things and I decided that I was going to let them go so that I could gain what God had for me. I'm letting them go. I'm laying them aside. And then he says, I count them as rubbish, rubble. I count them as rubble that I may gain Christ. God will bring down the wall for you. Stand with me across this place. God will bring down the wall for you. God will do the miracle that's required on His part. God will do what you cannot do. But God will not force you, make you, lift you, cause you to step over the rubble in your own life. There comes a point when you've got to decide, I'm not letting these things hold me back anymore. I'm on my second marriage. But I'm not going to let the pain of the first one dictate what happens in the second one. I'm not going to let what's happened in my past 
keep me from embracing my future. I'm not going to let what used to be keep me from what could be this morning. I'm stepping over the wall. I'm stepping over the rubble. And I'm stepping into the place that God has for me. God will bring down the wall. You step over the rubble. Let's step over it today. Let's step over it today. Don't let a little thing stand between you and God doing a big thing in your life. So what do you need God to do for you? And what is standing in the way? Let's identify the problem. Let's get a strategy. Let's execute the plan. Let's guard the process. And let's step into victory. Somebody step into victory with me this morning. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself.